Hi, who's this? It's Erica. Hi, Erica. And you have Odie, the uh, the dog that sings or talks or what does it do? Yeah, he, he says I love you. He says I love you? Yes. Okay, so is he around there? Yeah, can you hold on one second? Yeah. Okay, we're going to track down Odie right now and see... Okay, I just had to turn up the volume. Okay. All right, do you want to hear him? Yeah, we're yes. going to turn our mics down so we can hear him, okay? Okay, yeah, it's very loud. <laughs> All right, Odie, I love you. 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 Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Uh, these animals are clearly trying to communicate with us. One that says, I love you. And I swear to God, that dog <laughs> says, I love you. But I don't know. Is it something that they've been trained? Is it something that they're trying to reach out to us for that? We reach out to Pet Counselor. And no stranger to Animal Radio, Kay Cox. Hi, Kay. How are you doing? Fine. How are you doing, Hal? Very well. Okay. A dog that says, I love you. What is happening here? Okay. In the first place. Animals would like for us to be a little bit more intelligent and intuitive so that, <laughs> you know, so that they didn't have to learn our very difficult language for them. But when we absolutely don't seem to be able to understand them in their language, they really do try to speak in ours. And I've heard so many dogs make these words that are actual words and they understand what they mean they know when to use them but it really is difficult for them dogs cats it's difficult for them to be able to do this but they do it because they're going man humans are so dumb they're they're they cannot possibly understand we've done everything we know how we've got to teach them how that what we're feeling so that maybe they can make that leap over to understanding us in our language, too. Now, of course, it's, it's different because their larynx is formed differently. I mean, Yes, it is. Do you think this dog in particular knows what he is saying? Absolutely. How? There's two things happening. First of all, he's saying, I do love you, but hey, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm speaking your language. Can you at least listen to mine? They're not just mimicking us. No, no. They actually understand, and the funny thing is, once they've learned the words and they see that they get a reward that you actually understand them in those words, they use them at really appropriate times. Like when you've got a cold and you're not feeling good and you're clumped down, and they'll come up and go, I love you. And there's no cookie involved. There's, <laughs> there's no television in front of There's no camera. But they say it because they know what that means. But they also would really like it if we would understand their language a little bit. Well, you see, to me, it's just rough, rough, rough. Sometimes it sounds like rough. Sometimes it sounds like rough. But I really have a hard time understanding. How can I open up, Kay, to understanding my dog? Okay. What kind of dog do you have? A Doberman Pinscher. Okay. Well, Dobies are really easy to understand because they, they speak in many different languages. They speak in an emotional language, a body language that they can use so 
what you really have to do, Hal, is just sort of open up to what is your dog feeling? And and let me tell you a story about that. I had Adobe that uh, I walked home. I, I, I didn't walk home. I got out of my car and I walked to the front door, which was quite a ways from my car. And I um, started to go in. And all of a sudden, my Adobe was at the front door and pushing me away. And I said, what's the matter? And, I mean, everything in her body language was, do not go in that door. Uh-huh. And so what did I do? I backed up. I went to the neighbors with her uh-huh. and um, got the neighbor to come over. I said, you might bring a gun. And he said, why? What's going on? I said, I don't know, but my dog says there's somebody in the house. Mm-hmm. Wow. And when we opened the front door, the back door flew open, and my Dobie went right out after him and brought me back his Levi's. <laughs> he wasn't hard to find for the police officer. Oh, but I had I not paid attention to the language, and it was body language, it was emotional, you know, I could feel the emotion of, no, danger, danger, don't go in there. Here's my question. You, you asked me what kind of dog I had. Is it different for different breeds of dogs? Yes, yes, because, for instance, uh, uh, two that are reasonably close-looking is a Doberman and a Rottweiler. Uh-huh. And a Rottweiler doesn't have the high energy. They are very calm about the way that they uh, deal with things until things get over the top, and then they can be quite not calm. Well, what's the hardest dog to read? Probably a Basset. For me, a Basset or a Bloodhound. A Bloodhound. Bloodhound is the hardest dog for me to read. Okay. And the reason is because... When I see a bloodhound, I see depression. Now, they're not really depressed, but mm. everything about them is sort of hanging down and sort of Ooh. really down there. Uh-huh. And my energy is a lot higher than that. Sure. So for me to get down to the level where I can calm myself to actually communicate with a bloodhound, is, unless they're they're doing something that they really like to do and then they're really fun to communicate with, but if they're just laying there... I my heart goes out to them and I think, oh, you poor baby. But they're really not sad. That's just their demeanor. That's um, it's sort of like a very serious lawyer or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what would you say is the easiest breed to read? The easiest to understand? Probably for me, a Doberman. Okay. Um, because they're so quick to let you know. Another, any of the cutesy, like a Tibetan Terrier, are very easy to to uh, read because they're a bouncy, happy, they look like a little mutt. And they're bouncy and happy, and they're uh, quick to, okay, you don't get that, try this. I mean, they're, they're really into charades and <laughs> <laughs> trying to get you to get it. And you've got to be really quick at, at you know communicating with them because if you don't communicate right away then they'll start talking english and singing <laughs> yes you know and dancing around <laughs> they want to reach out and they'll learn the language if they have to and try to use it best they can to say i love at the best they can they really will k at the pet counselor.com of course will have links to that and everything you put on today's show at animalradio.com k thank you so much for joining us well i love being on and just let me know when you need me you ready to go to the phones? Let's go to line number two. one 405 By the way, I wanted to welcome KROS Clinton, Iowa to the Animal Radio Network. 
and a warm family of animal lovers. Hi, who's this? Uh, my name is Verna. Hi, Verna. How you doing? Fine. How are you? Very well. Where are you calling from? Uh, Pagosa Springs, Colorado. Pagosa Springs. That's got to be... Where is that in Colorado? Okay, do you know where Durango, Colorado? Yes, it is. The very southwest corner. Yes, we're 60 miles east at the bottom of Wolf Creek Pass. Well, it sounds like a very beautiful place to live. It is. Well, now, where did you hear Animal Radio? Because I don't know if we have any affiliates there. We were actually... Um, uh, at fishing at Lake Powell, oh, yes. and and we had the radio station on, and we picked you up there. <laughs> oh, very good. A little uh, holiday fishing for you there. Yes. And we we of course have had some beautiful weather down there. The yes. Lake Powell, right? Well, uh, tell us, were you traveling with your animals? Always. Okay, and they like traveling, huh? Yes. What What do you have? Dogs, cats? Yes. Yes. Um, we have a basset hound, a um, twelve and a half year old basset hound. And then we have this, which is the little guy I called you about. Um, she, we lost one of our basset hounds um, over Christmas, oh. and so we adopted Toby from the Humane Society, and um, that—that's our problem child. That's the one I have the <laughs> question about. <laughs> What's wrong with Toby? Well, oh, nothing. He's wonderful. <laughs> um, Toby, we found out through the grapevine because he did have a uh, implanted. Um, oh, what do you call him? It's the home again thing. Oh, yes, check. okay. Okay. Um, okay, we found out, although the, the, he was never registered, so we, they couldn't find the previous owner, they did know that he was originally purchased in, in Amarillo, Texas, by a trucker. Uh-huh. Okay, so Toby was raised in the truck. Uh-huh. Um, our problem is trying to teach him how to tell us when he has to go out. Oh. He, he won't potty in the house. If we regularly take him out, he understands that he goes out to do it, but he Uh hasn't learned to tell us. You know, you might have to train him instead of letting him tell you. You might have to. Once you get him on a regular schedule, it'll just become routine for both of you. After you feed Toby, about 10 minutes or so Uh after feeding Toby, take Toby outside. We do that. Okay. And then start associating a word. Uh, you can say go potty or something like that and then give him a treat. And oh. then every time he eats, you go outside. All you have to do is say go potty. He'll go do his business. He'll get a treat. And eventually you can stop the treats. He'll learn the go potty. And you have to kind of train him and take him out on a regular basis. Mm, yeah, and, it's, it's sort of a retraining process. How old is Toby? Do you know? Uh, well, let's see. We got him in January and he was a year and three months. So he's what now about? What is that? Four? Yeah. Five. He's about a year and a half. Uh-huh. Well, you're going to have to teach a young dog new tricks. And it's one of those things that you're going to have to just start from the beginning and okay. train uh, Toby a new way to go to the bathroom and let you know when uh, when it's time. And if Can you... I ask you one more question? Absolutely. Toby um, is a little, he's about a 14-pound chihuahua, and he's he's actually in a Rottweiler Halloween costume. <laughs> He, now that he has gotten used to us and loves us, he will let no one get near us. Is that, we've heard that's typical of Chihuahuas. We correct him when someone gets near us and he gets, he gets quite angry and violent and barking. He's never bitten anybody, but he gets really barky. We tell him, we, we, I grab his mouth so that he won't bite anybody. Mm -hmm. And I say, no. Is that the proper way to do it? Uh, no, he doesn't quite understand what you need. Here again is another retraining okay. session you need to do with him. Uh, he's very possessive. Yes. If you can have a friend 
or somebody help you. Let them handle him on the leash when you're around. Let them feed him. Let them give him treats. And if you can get different people to to go along with you, get him used to having other people around. Let him know that other people are okay Okay. and, and other people can... Praise him Excellent. and give him treats, and but be around because you you know you want to make sure you're there in the beginning because you don't know how he's going to react. But and it, it takes some good friends too. <laughs> right, exactly. and it takes it takes time. You get someone just to kind of sit there when you're with him. Uh, maybe if you have him on the leash, then eventually after a few minutes, hand the leash over to that person, and then let that person give him treats and get him just slowly used to being around different people, so he's not okay. so possessive. <laughs> he doesn't understand when you grab his mouth and tell them no, and they have a tendency not to quite understand that. Okay, so excellent. So retrain him, let it, let friends come along, and slowly take over some of the care and let him get used to other people as well. Yeah, it's, Thanks, guys, very, very much. Let us know how that works. If you're still having troubles, give us a call back. We have some experts that uh, we could call in if we ever have trouble. And you know what? Can we also go to the prize closet for Toby? Yes, we can. And what's Toby's brother's name? Oh, it's a sister, and it's Gabrielle Samantha. Gabrielle Samantha. We're going to dig some things out of the prize closet for them. To How do I get a hold of you again? Well, I'll give you this toll-free number. It's one eight six six. 405-8405. Anyone can call that seven days a week. We return each and every call if you get a machine. Of course, anybody can also email us at yourvoice at animalradio.com. Of course, you can listen there. Uh, you can listen on your cell phone. You can listen online. And you can listen at no radio stations in your area, but we're working on it. Oh, excellent. excellent. The there is one out of Farmington. It's called Cool 105. Guido, get on the phone right now with Cool 105. Get us on the station. Thanks for calling us today. Thank you for your help. I sincerely appreciate it. Hold on one second, if you will. Okay. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hey, hey, this is Davy Jones here on Animal Radio. Just want to say look after those animals because they look after you. Have a great time. See you soon. Bye. Buddy, don't do that. Don't worry. Lots of dogs eat grass. Didn't you hear? Dogs can get worm infections from eggs and larvae in the grass. Those parasites can even infect humans. I know. That's why I give my dog Safeguard K9 Dewormer twice a year. It's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major intestinal worms that infect dogs and to protect my family against infection. Where can I find out more? Just visit www.safeguard.com. That's S-A-F-E hyphen G-U-A-R-D dot com. Every once in a while, there comes along a special group of animal lovers that stands strongly in defense of the voiceless. Animal People is that newspaper for people who really care about the animals. Animal People is published ten times yearly. The publisher is a nonprofit corporation dedicated to exposing the existence of cruelty to animals and to informing and educating you so that animal lovers worldwide can eliminate such cruelty. Your subscription is $24 a year and is 100% tax deductible. Get Animal People's fair and accurate investigative reporting from the industry watchdog. Visit our website at www.animalpeoplenews.org. That's www.animalpeoplenews.org to subscribe to the news for people who care about animals. Animal People. Subscribe today at www.animalpeoplenews.org.
Hi, I'm Jay Moore, and as a sports fan, I can tell you there's nothing quite better than spending a day in the park playing catch with a beautiful lady. Like Shirley, my dog. Listen, adopt a pet. They are the most loyal companions you will ever have. Visit Pets911.com or call 1-888-PETS-911. Hooray! For more information, go to Pets911.com. Proud to be a partner of Animal Radio. Angel's Eyes Tear Stain Eliminator, the first tear stain product to be formulated for dogs and cats. Angel's Eyes is a permanent solution to tear stains working from the inside out. Angel's Eyes is added to your pet's food or water, preventing the stain before it can begin. Angel's Eyes is perfectly safe to use. It is made in the USA of USA ingredients containing no dyes or wheat. Angel's Eyes is 100% guaranteed when used as directed. See for yourself. Go to www.angeleyesonline.com and check out the results. Angel's Eyes will have your pet going from tear to clear in no time at all. PetGadgets.com. If you're looking for innovative and high-tech pet products, PetGadgets.com. Unique and high-tech products that you won't find at your local pet store. PetGadgets.com. Find the latest products that will make life easier for you and your pet. PetGadgets.com. Everything from massage beds to a remote-controlled tennis ball launcher. PetGadgets.com. Be top dog in your neighborhood. Shop at PetGadgets.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. You turn on the TV, there's no lack of confusion regarding which candidate to pick and what their stance is on any of the issues. Many of them have animal-related issues or have dealt with animal-related issues in the past. We decided we wanted to get Michael Markarian. He's the president of the Humane Society on the phone. Michael, how are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me on the show. Where are you? Uh, I'm at the airport in Hartford, Connecticut, just doing some traveling uh, today on some legislative business uh, on animal welfare. Hope you guys can hear me okay from the airport. You know, Dennis Kucinich probably won't be our president, but he has done, in my mind, the most for animals of any of the candidates, I believe. Is this true? Well, he's certainly been a leader, and, uh, you know, the, the interesting thing is that many of the current presidential candidates have very positive records on animal welfare issues in the Senate or in the House of Representatives. Uh, Dennis Kucinich clearly has been one of the leaders for animals in the House. Uh, he often speaks in favor of animal protection bills where I'm, when they're on the floor, and he's uh, actually been a leader on several efforts to provide more funding for enforcement of the Animal Welfare Act and other laws. But, you know, Senator Clinton, Senator Obama, uh, Senator McCain, Senator Edwards, they've all been very supportive of animal protection. And at the Humane Society Legislative Fund, which is our, our political arm, you know, we haven't made any recommendations in the race because many of the candidates have great records on our issues. Is that typical for presidential candidates, or is this unusual that so many are for the animals? Well, it's certainly a positive situation for us. I mean, in, often in previous races, there's a stark contrast. Uh, but, you know, in this case, we're fortunate because many of the front runners. Uh, have done very positive things for animals. If I can give you a, a few examples. Okay. Uh, you know, Senator Clinton has scored 100% on our humane scorecard. Uh, she's voted with us and co-sponsored many bills, including bills to stop horse slaughter and animal fighting. And she's actually been a leader on the issue of, of stopping the overuse of antibiotics 
in industrial factory farms. You know, these are drugs that are not used to treat sick animals, but they're used to ensure that they can be crammed into crowded, unsanitary conditions. Mm, uh, Senator Obama also has a great record on animals. He uh, has co-sponsored you know, many bills on horse slaughter and dog fighting. He's voted with us on the issues, voted with us when he was a state senator in Illinois. Uh, and both Senators Obama and Clinton have responded to a questionnaire from the Humane Society Legislative Fund. Uh-huh. Uh, we've posted those questionnaire responses on our website uh, so that people can take a look at them. And I've been writing about each of the candidates on my blog, uh, which is animalsandpolitics.org. Animalsandpolitics.org, of course, we'll link to that from animalradio.com. The Humane Scorecard, is that up at the website there at the Humane Society? It is. Uh, every year we report on uh, all members of Congress and, and how they voted and how they, you know, whether they co-sponsored animal protection bills. So it's a great resource for people to see how their elected officials are doing. Uh, when animal issues come up in Congress. And, you know, there are more and more subjects that legislators are dealing with related to animals, whether it's, you know, the safety of pet food or cracking down on dog fighting or stopping horse slaughter. Another likely candidate will be Mitt Romney. Where has Mitt stood in the past? Well, you know, the Republican field uh, currently is not as strong on animal issues. Uh, Mitt Romney, when he was governor of Massachusetts, really had a mixed record. You know, he appointed uh, anti-animal people to the Fish and Wildlife Board. He did sign a couple animal protection bills as governor, including strengthening the penalties for animal fighting, but he vetoed a very common sense bill that would have given uh, students the choice as to whether they wanted to participate in dissection in the classroom. So that was surprising to us. He also had a very unfortunate incident, which was widely reported. Uh, in 1983, his family uh, took a vacation from Massachusetts to Ontario, and they strapped their Irish setter, Seamus, uh, to the roof of the station wagon. And he was apparently you know, very uh, traumatized by the experience, and I it can't. doesn't speak well of, uh, of Mitt Romney's character. Mike Huckabee, uh, you know, just another example on the Republican side. I mean, Mike Huckabee, we think, is one of the most terrifying uh, candidates on animal issues. You know, he had a horrible record as governor of Arkansas. He thwarted uh, efforts to, to elevate the penalties for animal cruelty. And there was even, uh, you know, some uh, uh, talk about him intervening in, in stopping the state police from investigating his son, uh, for possible charges of animal cruelty. His son was uh, worked at a Boy Scout camp when he was 17 years old and was fired for allegedly torturing a dog at the camp. And uh, there is some uh, indication that as governor, Mike Huckabee tried to stop the police from investigating his son for cruelty charges. So it's, it's really a concern to us. Okay, and all of this again at hsus.org, and then, of course, the site that you just mentioned a couple of minutes ago. Right, it's actually, you know, HSUS does not uh, get involved in elections, but the political arm, Humane Society Legislative Fund, uh, can comment on the candidates and let people know where they stand. And I've been keeping up to date on my blog, animalsandpolitics.org commenting on all the candidates and where they stand. Animalsandpolitics.org links to everything you've heard on today's show at animalradio.com. We're going to let you go catch your flight. Michael Markarian, president of the Humane Society Legislative Fund, doing good work. We thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me on the show. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on 
Learn more. Hi, this is Dick Van Patten on Animal Radio. And be sure to state your pets. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Imagine looking out your back window, seeing the dog arranging his plush toys into geometric shapes, circles, parallel lines, triangles. <laughs> and then imagine trying to explain that to your... Hey, hey, honey, come here. Come here. Check this out. you got to see this. Look what the dog is doing. And then imagine contacting somebody from the Department of Psychology, University of Michigan, and saying, this is what my dog is doing. They'd hang up on you. They'd probably hang up on you. <laughs> Barbara Smuts is joining us, professor of psychology at the University of Michigan, correct? Mm-hmm. Somebody calls you up. This this is actually what has happened. A guardian called you up and said, this is happening. My dog is arranging the toys in the backyard. Well, actually, she, she sent me an email with a number of photos attached of these arrangements. and Which doesn't really prove anything. Exactly. Yeah. So... Um, I emailed her back and said, well, this is very interesting, but are there alternative explanations for how these toys got to be in these patterns? Because, uh-huh. in fact, she did not actually see Donnie doing it for the first year or two that he did it. He only did it when she wasn't watching. And Donnie, what kind of huh. dog is Donnie? Oh, Donnie's a Doberman. Did they decide to film it? Uh, how did well, they... Well, I corresponded with Carol back and forth for a while. Um trying to get a sense as to whether this was really happening. You thought she was a crackpot, right? No, I didn't think she was a crackpot, <laughs> but I wasn't positive that it was really Donnie who was creating these patterns. Maybe, maybe somebody else. Yeah, maybe a next-door neighbor trying to drive uh, neighbor you crazy. Kids yes. or, uh, 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 what? Who knows? Whatever, yeah. But finally, after, uh, um, I got to know Carol well enough talking to her over the phone and emailing that um, she sounded to me like a really sincere and honest person. And so I decided the only way to find out, really, was to go out there and see for myself. Uh-huh. So that's what I did. And um, I was with Carol and Donnie for three days. And during that time, I did see him move around some of his toys and caught a little bit of what he did on videotape. He didn't do a lot because he mainly arranges the toys when there aren't people around. He's, he'd rather just be with people than do anything. Uh-huh. So he was more interested in the fact that there was a visitor than in, in arranging his toys. So he arranges the toys in his spare time. Yeah, in his spare time. <laughs> so, so Carol and I decided that uh, the only way to um, get more video, the kind of video that we needed to be able to demonstrate that this was spontaneous and that it was all Donnie, um, was to set up some cameras that could go for a number of hours every day. Sure. So nobody had to actually be there filming him. Uh-huh. So we arranged to do that, and um, she got some footage of him in a couple of cases from start to finish creating some of these patterns. So at that point, I thought it was acceptable to go public with this. I wouldn't have done it unless we had those kinds <laughs> sure. of videos. People would think you were crazy. Yeah. <laughs> they may still do, but um, around that time, it was coincidental. I was uh, approached by National Geographic TV. They wanted to do a special on 
uh, dog intelligence. They called it dog genius. Uh-huh. And they knew I was studying dogs. Um, so they asked me if I had anything for the show. And I told them about Donnie. <laughs> and they got excited and said, well, sure. yes, let's, let's all go meet Donnie. <laughs> so that's how it all came about. And that National Geographic special, I believe, has aired once, but will air again uh, twice on February 1st and February 2nd. Uh, check your local listings for times to see Donnie doing this. Now, why is Donnie arranging his toys in geometric patterns? And by God, that seems intelligent. Well... Yes, and he's not only arranging them in geometric patterns, he also arranges them in social patterns. He, he puts his animals together in these little social vignettes where he arranges them so that their hands are touching or one has an arm over the other. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I remember seeing he also matched like he put all the same toys. All, all the, the frogs. All the frogs mm-hmm. together. Sometimes he does that out of his huge pile of 80-something toys. <laughs> He'll just pull out the frogs. And it's not even that every frog toy is identical. They, they look different from one another, but we uh-huh. can see that they're all meant to be frogs, and apparently yeah. Donnie can too. Um, he also he, he frequently pulls out the monkeys and gorillas and has puts them in an arrangement by themselves. Uh, sometimes they're holding hands. So it's very hard to know, obviously, what's going on in his mind. I think it's a combination of um, self-entertainment uh-huh. and self-expression. Wow. Have you ever heard of any other dog or any other animal doing this? I have. Um, Donnie's the first one I've ever seen in action, so the only one that I know for sure is doing it. Um, but since the... Uh, the show was first aired. I received um, probably about 15 emails from people around the country, many of them with photos, saying, hey, my dog does something like this. Um, none of them so far are as varied or as elaborate as uh-huh. Donnie's, but there are definitely dogs all over America who are lining their toys up or putting them in circles or stuffing them in certain hiding places and arranging them in particular orders and things like that. It is apparently a, a fairly widespread behavior, and it might mean different things in different dogs. Like what? Well, um, several of the people who wrote me, um, their dog before they had adopted them, their dogs had had some uh, traumatic experiences, you know, had not been treated well in the past and were mm-hmm. frightened. And the way these were described, it sounded as if arranging the toys could be one way in which the dog sort of could calm himself down. Like an obsessive-compulsive does? Yeah, okay. Yeah. And there's probably, initially, I think there was an element of that for Donnie as well. Uh, Before Carol adopted him, he was in a cage by himself for a whole year. And the only thing in the cage with him was a stuffed toy. So we speculate that he became very attached to that toy. Um, It was a hedgehog. (laughs) He became attached (laughs) to the hedgehog. It was the only um, animal-like thing that he had contact with. Hmm. And then after he was adopted, um, it took several years for him to be completely relaxed and comfortable just because he'd had such a difficult past. 
it could be that he started out arranging the toys as a kind of stress reduction, a little bit of obsessive-compulsive kind of behavior. Mm -hmm. And then I think as his relationship with Carol got closer and closer and he became more and more relaxed and just your regular happy dog, I think it sort of gradually shifted into something that he just does mainly for fun. Mm -hmm. The way I think about it is these animals are like a outward manifestation of Donnie's mind. They're like a little clue as to what is going on in Donnie's mind, uh -huh. but it's very hard to read. You, know? you, you say you see, you've received about 15 others that say mm -hmm. that their dog does this. Are you seeing more of a certain breed of dog, or is it just every variety? Of the first three or four that came in, two were Dobermans, and I went, ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, especially because Dobermans tend to lean toward um, obsessive compulsive i don't really? mean in the clinical sense but uh -huh. they they tend to be um a little quirky they yeah and they like order in their lives and and schedules and things like that i'm going to encourage listeners to check out genius dogs on the national geographic channel february 1st and february 2nd in rerun and obviously the story doesn't end there we're going to keep in touch with you and and find out how things continue down the line with your research you have a website it's kind of long i'm going to encourage listeners to go to animalradio.com and we'll link from animalradio.com to barbara smut's website oh by the way if you have one of these dogs at home or have you seen your dog do some kind of strange behavior? Give us a call at 1-866-405-8405. We'll also pass on any information to Barbara that we can. Barbara, thank you so much for joining us and all the great work you're doing. Thank you. It was fun. This is an Animal Radio News Update made possible by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Can I get a wash, wax, vacuum, and detail? Oh, and a flea dip, please. This is Hal Abrams. Car wash owner Michael Seal is putting a new shine on the area's car wash industry. About a week ago, Seal added a pet wash to his existing car wash business, the Adirondack Car Wash. Now, the pet wash is located inside the main building, and $5 will buy customers eight minutes to use a system that comes equipped with all the products, including the blow dryers. The pet wash even includes flea and tick products as well as deodorizers. So far, Seal says it's been really popular. He believes it's a service people are very happy to have. So the next time you're getting the car waxed in detail, don't forget to bring Fluffy. This has been an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Does that pesky pet stain keep reappearing after you've cleaned it with a household cleaner? Try Simple Solution Stain and Odor Remover. Simple Solution is formulated specifically for pet stain and odors. The unique enzyme and probacteria formula breaks down the glue-like proteins in pet urine, then absorb all the leftover particles, leaving your carpet completely free of harmful residue. So no more magical reappearing acts or pets returning to the area. Simple Solution products are available at pet specialty stores nationwide. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just from eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Ew, gross. Thank goodness there's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major worms that infect dogs. Safeguard Canine Dewormer. Just sprinkle it on your dog's food twice a year. And that's it? Yep. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. It's the best way I know to protect my dog and my family against intestinal worm infections. It ain't easy being a dog. All my buddies were making fun of me for what I decided to do. 
and say, hey, Rufus, say goodbye to your manhood and change your name to Rita. Well, guess who's laughing now? Ever since I got neutered, it's a whole new world. I'm not snappy or overexcitable. I'm just good old Rufus. So humans, this February, do your pets a favor. Have them spayed or neutered. To find a location near you, visit humanesociety.org slash spayday. Brought to you by the Humane Society of the United States. At Onesto Organics, we believe in whole foods for the whole animal. All of our human-grade organic pet foods are unrefined and dehydrated to preserve vital nutrients. Our veggie hides for dogs are delicious, nutritious, and completely free of grain, gluten, corn, and soy. Onesto Organics, we're all about healthful goodness for your pet. Honestly, nothing less will do. Check us out at www.onestoorganics.com. Hey, all you animal lovers out there. Last February, I had my dog Rudy neutered during Spay Day USA. This year, I'm going to enter him in the pet photo contest at humanesociety.org slash spayday. It runs January 15th through February 29th. You can upload your pet's picture, get your friends to vote for him, and win some cool prizes. So get out there and take some pictures. Good luck trying to beat my Rudy. Presented by the Humane Society of the United States. Sponsored by Nature's Miracle and powered by Pets 911. Upload your pet photo at humanesociety.org slash spayday. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com. Hi, this is Nancy Cartwright, the voice of Mark Simpson, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Don't have a cow, man. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. You having fun today? I'm having a lot of fun, aren't you? Yeah, I want to go back to the phones. 1-866-405-8405. Go ahead, Judy, you pick the line. Number one. Hi, who's this? Hi, this is Sean. How are you? Hi, Sean. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Where are you calling from? Iowa, at Pulseville, Iowa. Wow, where is that? Oh, clear over in Iowa. Oh. I'm, new, <laughs> I'm new to the area. Are I'm you? down by Decorah and Dubuque area. Dubuque, okay, uh-huh. very well. I didn't know we had an affiliate down there. So tell us, what are you calling for? Well, I have three dogs and a cat. Three Two, dogs? And, that's a lot of animals there. <laughs> yeah, it is. Two papillons, a sitsu, and just a regular old black cat. Uh-huh. Do they all get along? Believe it or not, they do. I was quite surprised. I, I got the two papillons first, and then added the cat, and then my husband got me the sitsu for Christmas, and uh-huh. they've all gotten along quite well. Very good. Ah, we love to hear that's that. That's good, yeah, because you know sometimes when you get those big families, there's one or two that don't get along. But that's, yeah, that's good I was to hear. quite surprised that they, that they did. Can we go into the prize closet? Oh, we've got Break out some stuff. toys for your big family there? Yes. Okay, we're going to do that. I have, uh, like I said, I've got a big family, and we work 12-hour days. Oh, my. And I have, you know, how they, um, we have a friend right now that comes over and lets them out periodically. Uh-huh. But what I'm curious about is the fact is that they like to do number two in the house quite a bit, even oh. though we let them out. I have a feeling this is because they're upset at me for not being there. 
Oh, which which ones are going poo? My Sitsu and I believe one of my Papillons. Oh, kind of smaller dogs, huh? Right, they're little teeny things. How, how often does someone come during the day? About two or three times a day. Really? Uh-huh. And they're still doing that. Yeah. Huh? Is it? Uh, do you know if it's uh, in a certain area? Yeah, down in the main hallway and um, like a dining room area uh-huh. into the hallway. Is there some way you can block that off, those areas off, and keep them restricted to kind of certain areas? Them, yeah, yeah, yeah. retrain them to stay away from the areas. The thing is about small dogs is they can't hold their bladder. So it's good that you have someone coming in a couple times a day because there's no way they could make it 10, 12 hours a oh, day. Oh, no, I knew that. I'm, I'm curious. When When is it happening during the day, do you know? Is it between uh, visits uh, from uh, uh, the, the dog I, I believe that, too, because when when I get home, I'll take them right out after I get home. Uh-huh. So I've got these three little dogs running after me, very smart dogs. They're very intelligent, let me tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> those dogs are more intelligent than I am. I know <laughs> those times. Well, anyway, so we get them out, we go for a little walk, and they do their little thing, and then they come back in, and by gosh, within five minutes, okay. they'll do it again. And I don't know why they're doing this. Uh, I was going to say, if you train them where you feed them first and then take them out to eliminate and get them used to doing it immediately, you can also kind of encourage them, give them words and, you know, tell them repeatedly, you know, go poop. If you feed the, the animal, take them out in about 10 minutes, stay outside till they go poop and tell them to go poop. And then when they do, give them a treat. Okay. And then kind of every day do this. When even your sitter, when they come in, mm-hmm. they can feed them, take them outside and tell them to go poop. And just kind of retrain them. And, and I would close off those areas. That I've done on closing off the areas, except for the one room, because that's where I've got them closed off yeah. into. Mm-hmm. But that brings us into another question. I'm glad you brought up the food thing. Now, I have, you know how you put the, the food into a all container where they come and eat when they want and mm-hmm. just let it drop down? Free feeding, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. should I stop that and just give them so much in the morning and have them give them something else in the afternoon and then once I get home? Yes. Could that, that be causing a lot of that, too? Yes, yeah. that way you can control their feeding times and control when they poop. Yeah, that, that kind of actually, those them. problems may relate to each other, yeah. actually. Because okay. they're eating during the day and then pooping. You want to okay. kind of keep them on a schedule, okay. feed them and take them outside. They'll be fine if you feed them just, you know, twice a day or okay. so. I get worried because, you know, you love your animals. You don't want to starve them to death. Yeah. They'll be fine. We, f- we have a tendency to overfeed them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do they do anything else in the house while you're gone? Um, uh, yes. What's for that? some reason, they like to get a hold of the garbage can. And, for, <laughs> and another thing, and I don't understand why, is they go for my plastic bag, um, beans. I've got this. I don't have a big home, so I have a, a, a shelving unit that I put extra food on. Uh-huh. And they get a hold of the plastic bags and rip them apart. You know, I think they're bored. Yeah, I was going to say, this sounds like... Uh, boredom? Even, boredom. Even with somebody in there three times a day, this mm-hmm. sounds uh, like classic boredom and, okay. uh, and trying to show you something. I don't know how attention. long they've been uh, inappropriately eliminating there, but uh, that, that's a that's a, something that needs to be. Since I got the new dog. Okay, and how long is that? It's been since December. Since December. December. Okay. Well, it's it's something that needs to be retrained immediately. You know what I'm going to do is let's get Vlade the dog wizard on this and see if he's ever had any problems like this before and see what he would suggest on this. And, okay. I appreciate it. And uh, because it is an unusual problem, we do appreciate you calling. Well, thank you. And thank you for listening to Animal Radio. Oh yeah, I was very impressed when I found the station. I was. I really like it. Thank well, you. good, good. You're welcome. Hold on one second. We're going to hook up prizes from the gift closet for uh, the whole big family there, okay? Thank you. You're listening to Animal Radio.
You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. The Animal Minute is brought to you by Urinoff, the number one vet-recommended urine odor and stain remover. To purchase, visit www.urinoff.com. Urinoff, finally, something that works. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. A 47-year-old German man had been drinking a bit when he thought he'd play a little prank on his friend's dog. He got down on all fours and began eating out of his friend's dog's dish. The dog, who evidently didn't like pranks, watched for a few minutes before attacking the prankster and biting his face so severely that he needed to be rushed to the hospital. Police spokesman Klaus Lachman explained that he didn't want to give out too much information about the dog food eating patient because he was already embarrassed with all the media attention he'd been getting. Klaus did say that the face was a very sensitive part of the body and that he wasn't aware that the patient was missing any body parts. He also added that he couldn't quite grasp the motive and that he had never actually thought of eating dog food himself. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. lots of reasons to need a urine odor and stain remover. Your dog's afraid of thunderstorms. Cat hates being alone. You've moved into a new house. But there's only one reason to buy Urinoff, because it actually works. Urinoff's high-performance formula gets to the source of the problem and removes it permanently, even cat urine. Many odor removers claim to work, but thousands of loyal Urinoff customers, even vets, swear by it. If urine odor is a problem in your home, reach for Urinoff, the odor remover that actually works. Available exclusively at www.urinoff.com or your local vet. we got to take a break for news if you're leaving us now remember there's lots more at animalradio.com streaming online 24 7 and remember please spay and neuter don't declaw and adopt from your local shelter we'll see you next week right here for more animal radio this is animal radio network Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Okay, the phones have been ringing nonstop, Judy, so let's go back if we can. You pick again. I want to go for number three this time. Number three it is. Hi, who's this? This is Maureen. Hi, Maureen. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Very good. You're calling from Reading, Pennsylvania? Correct, yes. I see. I recognize you. (laughs) (laughs) I figured by now you might. (laughs) My memory isn't that bad. How can we help you today? Well, I have a border collie that's 13 years old, uh-huh. going on 14. Mm-hmm. Um, she has these lumps on her body. Mm-hmm. Some of them are raised, and some of them are just, a, you know, almost they almost look like a mountain or feel like a mountain on your hand, not really raised. And I'm wondering if that is just fatty fatty deposits, if it's something I should be concerned about. Can you tell what uh, what's inside the lumps, if it's uh, pussy or if it's uh, epidural? Or? No, I could not tell you that. Uh-uh. No. You know, chances are it could be just what they call a lymphoma, which is just a benign fatty lump. But okay. any lump that appears on your dog should be checked by your vet. Okay. Yeah. These okay. type of lumps, however, are very common in older, middle-aged dogs. Yes. Yeah. Okay. A lot of times, uh, overweight females get them. They're kind of uh, certain breeds like Dobermans and Pinchers. But even if your dog has been diagnosed with one before and they get a new lump, it should always be diagnosed. And okay. what your vet can do is just do a, uh, a needle aspirate. Mm-hmm. What they do is they just go in with a sterile needle sure, and sure. just pull out some cells just to verify it, just to make sure. Okay. And 
the lumps that your animal has, you also want to make sure that they don't keep growing in size. Okay. Keep an eye on them. Uh, some people say that the best way to do this is take wax paper with a felt marker and lay it over the lump and do an outline of it and date the wax paper. Okay. And then do it, you know, every couple weeks or every month, just go over the same lump. Okay. But if your dog is getting lumps that haven't been diagnosed by the vet, for it to be on the safe side, definitely take her to the vets to make sure that that's what this is. Okay. Okay. Does does that answer your questions? I think so. Did yes. You, did you have another question? Yes, I do. Okay. I have another dog. We're having a two-for-one today. <laughs> yes, but it's a two-for-one sale. Yes. <laughs> I have another dog, and she, I'm, I, I don't know what it is with her, but one day I'll come home, and I will have messes in the cellar. It'll mm-hmm. be it'll be a number two one day. The next day it'll be a number one. And, I'm, and I just get furious with her because she's six years old. And I'm wondering, how do I keep her from doing this? And is it in the same location every time? No, it's not. Because I did get product, and she doesn't go in, in, in the product that you advertise, and she does not go to the same place all the time. How long is she being left alone there? Well, when I leave for work in the morning, it's around 7.30, and I don't get in until um, 5.30, quarter six. I'm sorry, how old is she? Six. Six. You know, that's some dogs can hold it, especially larger dogs, but some dogs just aren't able to hold it that long. I don't know. Do you take her out for a potty break in the oh, morning yes. before? Oh, yes, two to three times. Uh-huh. Does she pee and poop each time? Yes, absolutely. Yes, she absolutely does. Has she always done this, or is this a new behavior? Well, I think I have to tell you that she's always done this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not new. If this is nothing new, that's why I figured I might discuss it with you because she, like I said, she's six years old. Uh-huh. Have you told your vet about this at the last visit? Well, we haven't been there since last March, and then it wasn't. A, then it really wasn't a, a, a problem. Um, but it's it's now becoming one again. Now I, I've I've just been back to work to be honest with you for the past. This is my. Third week. I'm in my third week of, of working from mm-hmm. eight until five, and we've only had one or maybe two accidents. But and, and so hopefully, maybe she's going to be broken. I don't know. Well, the first thing again, I have to tell you is take her to the vet. Make sure that there's no medical problems. She doesn't have any kind of infections or anything going on. Okay. Second of all, you might have to go back to the whole retraining again of potty training, and. Thirdly, I might suggest that you have somebody come over during the day, in the middle of the day, to let her out, to do a break, and to go potty instead of being locked up for over eight hours. She might just be one of those dogs that needs to be let out in the middle of the day just for a few minutes to go to the bathroom. I actually had that problem here at Animal Radio. I would come in at uh, 9 in the morning, and I I would go pee in the corner, and they discovered... (laughs) That if they would show me where the bathroom is and walk me to the bathroom several times a day, that that uh, that problem not only was eliminated, but I learned that they like it that way, and so uh, oh, that's where I go now, and, and whenever I need to. Sometimes I put up my hand, sometimes I don't. But uh, I guess bladders are different for different kinds of animals. The situation that she's going both number one and number two raises some questions there. Okay. 
Okay. Definitely bring these things up to your vet. Okay. And uh, we'll, we'll do a little research as soon as we get off the phone and into this break here. And if we find anything out, we'll call you right back. And let's Super. Know. Thank you. Maureen, hold on one second. 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. We are so proud to have, as part of Animal Radio and Animal Radio Network, the world-famous Russian dog wizard. That would be Vlade, of course. Hi, Vlade. How are you doing? Hello, hello everyone. How are you doing, guys? Very, very good. You know, you can't turn on the TV these days without seeing something about the elections, the caucuses, the primaries, and who's going to be our next president, right? Sure. And I wanted to get you on the air because I wanted to see how these uh, characters, everyone from Mitt to John to Mike to Dennis to Hillary... I wanted to find out if they were dogs, what kind of dogs they would be. And I think yeah, you, you asked the right person. Really, guys, you know, what I see in the people's eyes, I see the dogs. I see the people duplicate dogs' behavior every step on the way. They saw examples in the, to, for me, the dogs. So for you guys, for you guys, it's presidential election. For me, just a dog's fight, and one dog is going to win. And you know, like in, it's in the canine pack, who will win all fights will win all rights. That's what's going to be happened. So let's talk about the candidates or dogs, whatever. Okay, can we start with Mitt Romney? Mitt Romney, he's tall, calm, and stable. He resembled to me Great Dane. A Great Dane? Great Dane, yes. Great Dane is the handsome dog. Do you know, you know how is it important in America to be handsome to win everything? You know, <laughs> <laughs> we can uh, we can remember the time with uh, with uh, Bill Clinton, and I think that's part of wh- why I am in the all of us in the media spot. But it's a separate talk. But anyway, great Dan, um, it's a great great attitude, and a, like I said, very calm, very stable, a lot of dignity. But the bad part can be very aggressive with the dogs of the same sex and even can chase small animals. So. Okay, so now you're comparing Mitt Romney to the Great Dane, so you're saying he could be aggressive with uh, with uh, other males? Is, is that what you're saying? Yes, and with the small animals. By do, by saying that, I mean with the low ranking of the human pack. Uh, with uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what's going to happen. But So I think... He would be very authoritarian, like President Putin. He would be very authoritarian leader. So he needs to have some type of the Democrat dog with him, like uh, I would think Labrador Retriever or Golden to balance him out. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, Mitt, Mitt Rodney is putting up quite a fight against Mike Huckabee. What kind of dog would Mike Huckabee be if he was a dog? Mike Huckabee would be a foxhound. <laughs> foxhound, they're almost like democratic dogs. They like everyone. Uh, they think everyone is a good guy, wants to be buddies with everyone, play with everyone. That's, that's, type, of, that's type of the dog he's, uh, uh, he's reminding me. But uh, the bad thing is, as every hound, they can focus just one on one task at a time. So, you know, I think for him, in order to be the leader of the pack, he needs to have some muscles. 
I think he would be great match to like to run a presidency with the German Sharper as the vice president. Okay, we okay. are with uh, Vlade, the Russian dog wizard, the the world famous Russian dog wizard, and of That's course right. he's here on Animal Radio, picking the dog, actually picking the candidates, lining them up with dogs. What kind of dogs would they be? We're in the Republican camp right now. We just talked about Mitt Romney, who would be a Great Dane, and we just talked about Mike Huckabee, who would be a Foxhound. The other uh, strong candidate right now is John McCain. Uh, what would John McCain be, Vlade? He would be German Shopper. German Shopper is ultimate pet, famous for legendary loyalty. You know, second smartest dog from all. Uh, of course, we know the first one is the poodle. Uh-huh. So that that type of a candidate would be great on security. But the German Shopper can be very nasty if it's not socialized and be very aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> so German Shopper can be the too straightforward leader. A German Shopper is like these people. If she likes something, she licks. If she don't, she bites. Very bad diplomat. So, so I think she needs to have, uh, he needs to have maybe some type of the, like, more diplomatic dog, like the poodle who is very manipulative. Do you know what the manipulative means, Judy? It's the w- wife learns to do eventually, if she's successful, to make their, her husband do whatever she wants him to, to do and think it was her, his, his idea. His idea, yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's a fourth Republican candidate. Uh, not a lot of people know this because he hasn't shown his head yet. Uh, it is Giuliani. Who's, uh, exactly. Yes. What, what exactly. Kind of- you know. You know. You know. Before it's all. Before it started, Giuliani looked as Neapolitan massive before campaign start. But now he's very quickly turned into the Italian greyhound. And Italian greyhound. They are very manipulative dog. They um, they're good on security. They bark. Uh, they have an attitude of the big dog. Um, they are very faithful, but has a lack of loyalty. Uh, if they see if they see something, you know, the, the, those uh, greyhound. If they see something attractive moving, they will break away and chase it with the speed of Russian satellite guided missiles. Oh, that that explains his background with women. <laughs> okay, so we have the uh, Republican camp: uh, Mitt Romney, the Great Dane; John McCain, the German Shepherd; uh, Mike Huckabee, the Foxhound; and Giuliani, the Italian Greyhound. Let's switch on over to the Democrats right here. Uh, sure, John Edwards. Is in there, John Edwards is there. the typical poodle. He is the standard poodle, okay? The poodle are PhD of the dog's kingdom. They are very smart. They are very playful. They are great, great dogs. Mm, you know, the, uh, on the bad side is they can be too noisy and too hyper. <laughs> <laughs> too noisy and too hyper. Okay. Yeah, they cannot win that fight unless they have uh, maybe they run together. They need muscles. They need a boxer, bulldog, pit bull, or great dane in order to win it. Dennis Kucinich, uh, whose wife <laughs> I love. Ooh, hi. He, boy. He's a, you know, uh, little body with the big eyes. He's definitely <laughs> Chihuahua. <laughs> he's definitely Chihuahua. You know, what can I tell you? Chihuahua are very, very loyal uh, pets. 
We are with the world-famous Russian dog wizard, Vlade. What would your candidate look like in the dog world is, is what we're comparing them, how we're comparing the candidates right now. Still haven't talked about Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton. They may be, one of those may be our next president. What would you compare Barack Obama to, Vlade? I would compare him to the Afghan hound. You know, Afghan hound, uh, but I would compare him to the puppy. You know, you know all those puppies, they're full of hope, of inspiration. Uh-huh. You know, I have a dream that every puppy would create, would be treated equal. I have a dream that every puppy would have a meaty <laughs> bone and not just the scraps. You know, uh-huh. like we say in Russia, yeah, the, 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 the few gets the beagle, the rest gets the hole from the beagle. <laughs> Finally, I think we should have a drum roll for this here. <laughs> Very good. You do that on your chest very well there, Judy. Well, thank you. Uh, If I can paint a picture, Judy was beating her chest right there (laughs) for a drum roll. Uh, Hillary Clinton, what kind of dog would Hillary Clinton be if she was a dog, Vlade? She would be mutt. She would be crossbred between Cocker Spaniel and Pitbull. Have you guys heard about uh, Wolf in the Lamb? Lamb clothes. Yes. Yeah. So that's what Hillary is. Hillary is a pit bull <laughs> along with the cocker spaniel in the Labrador scheme. <laughs> so as the, you know, uh, cocker spaniel, they're very cocky and snappy. Uh-huh. And pit bull is the tag dog. You know, uh, listen, people, let's be honest. Uh, whatever society we live, or American democratical society, or the pack of hyenas, okay, every male approaching to female is automatically expecting submission, okay? So the canine female, if she's strong and she decided to leave the males, uh-huh. she doesn't care what is her gender is and if she's in minority or not. All that she cares, she's the dominant bitch. And she is going to show to everyone where their fence line is because she knows if she doesn't, they will show it to her. This is the law of life. Yes. What, is that, what does that make Bill? What... <laughs> The bills. I think I think the bill <clears throat> the bill could be a poodle as well because uh, I, honestly I like him very much. He's very smart. He's manipulative like the pit bull, and uh, you know I think together with the Hillary, it's a great great combination. I think the Hillary always was pit bull, and he always was the poodle, and this is the two of them. This is the great combination. I think at the end of the road, we will see the dog fight between Great Dane and uh, Pitbull. And uh, my prediction is with... Um, that, that, that was with, Mitt Romney, by the way. Mitt Romney exactly. and Hillary. Exactly. Okay. That's what we're going to see at the end. And uh, my prediction is that Pitbull will win. Because when it comes to the fight, no one can win. Pitbull will always win. And I want you to remember you heard it here first, right here on Animal Radio <laughs> with Vlade, the Russian dog wizard. What's the website, Vlade? Uh, I have a new website. It's now it's a very well, you, people can remember it's so easy. Controlyourpet.com. Controlyourpet.com. Not kissing and hugging, not just kissing and hugging people. Controlyourpet.com. And check my award-winning dog training DVD, please.
Very good, Vlade. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll speak to you again very soon. We have more Animal Radio on the way. Thank you guys for having me. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, this is Richard Karn from Home Improvement, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Now remember to spray and neuter your dogs. <laughs> it's a good idea to spray and neuter your animals. This is an Animal Radio News Update, made possible by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Not sure what sofa to buy? Why don't you let your dog decide? I'm Hal Abrams. A new survey which supports what canine guardians have been saying for years. Decisions about home furnishings, cars, holidays, they've always been tricky, but to complicate matters further, the family dog is now being taken into consideration. Yes, pet owners are basing major decisions about their lives and relationships on what they think would be most suitable for their animals. Many would even go as far as to include their pets in prenuptial agreements. Now, holiday plans were the number one area in which pets had influence. Researchers found that 68% of dog owners said this was the most important area in which to take their pet into consideration. Of course. Next came the choice of home furnishings and floors. 50% of dog owners said that their pet was a major influence in their purchasing decision. Dog guardians then said choice of car was the third most important, followed by the garden and the house. Dog guardians also said that their pet had a say in their choice of partners. Nearly 6% said that their animal had a stake in their romances. Those surveyed felt so strongly about their pets, they were even prepared to include them in prenuptial agreements. 29% of dog owners said they'd incorporate their animal into any legal agreement before marriage. Has your pet affected the purchasing decisions you've made? Let us know. 1-866-405-8405. This has been an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Does that pesky pet stain keep reappearing after you've cleaned it with a household cleaner? Try Simple Solution Stain and Odor Remover. Simple Solution is formulated specifically for pet stain and odors. The unique enzyme and probacteria formula breaks down the glue-like proteins in pet urine, then absorb all the leftover particles, leaving your carpet completely free of harmful residue. So no more magical reappearing acts or pets returning to the area. Simple Solution products are available at pet specialty stores nationwide. If there was only one vitamin supplement you could take, what do you think it should be? Green tea. Green tea is widely known as one of the most powerful antioxidants in the world. Green tea has been used in China as a medicine for over 4,000 years. And taking green tea has been researched and is well documented to help lower cholesterol, reduce the risk of cancer, help with weight loss, and even slow down arthritis. Of course, results may vary and you should always consult your healthcare professional before taking any supplement. But you should add this powerful antioxidant, green tea, to your daily diet. And if you call Call now to order and buy two months. We'll give you the third month for free. Your order comes with a money-back guarantee. So call now. 800-819-8315. 800-819-8315. 
Call right now. Buy two months of green tea and get one free. 800-819-8315 or visit airtimestore.com. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just by eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Protect your dog and your family by deworming your dog twice a year with Safeguard Canine Dewormer. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. Fido-Friendly Magazine. Perhaps you can do without it, but for kibble's sake, think of your dog. At last, a voice for us traveling canines. Until now, few have taken mobile pooches seriously. After all, who appreciates warm shelter and a comfy bed more than a dog? Fido-Friendly, the travel magazine for you and your dog. A quarterly guide to Fido-Friendly accommodations in the United States and Canada. Because if Fido ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Subscribe at FidoFriendly.com. Your dog will thank you. Every year, there are millions of pets in animal shelters across the country just waiting for a loving home. I'm Mike Farrell with a very simple message. If you're thinking of getting a pet, please adopt. To easily locate your closest place to adopt, call Pets 911 toll-free at 1-888-PETS-911. It's easy, it's free, and it gives a pet a second chance at life. Together, we can ensure a better future for our pets. For adoptable pet listings in your community, go to Pets911.com. Pets911, proud to be partnered with Animal Radio. Hey! You want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com. You know, separation anxiety is fairly common among dogs. Mm -hmm. We hear stories day in and day out. Our special friend from ABC's Good Morning America, Dr. Marty Becker, is going to hit us to some tips to dealing with separation anxiety. That's on the way right here. Also, it's National Pet Dental Health Month. Well, you know, it should be 12 months a year. Don't you think? I think so. I think you should be aware of it every single day of the dog's life. There's a new vaccination out that can actually help you and your pet with his teeth. Yes, his teeth. What will they think of next? And also, how much do you love your dog or cat? What are you going to do for Valentine's Day? I have the story of next of a lady who's, (laughs) you might think she's going over the edge, but she's not in my eyes. That's all next right here on Animal Radio. Hi, this is Betty White. All us animal lovers love Animal Radio. Please help every way you can to make life better for our animals, like the Morris Animal Foundation does. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. We are back with Dr. Debbie White in Las Vegas, Nevada. How important is our pet's dental health, really? Some people say that the whole dental thing is for vanity, but it's not really for vanity. It can actually be fatal if your animal's teeth get all crummy and tartary and yucky-like, right? Oh, right. It's, it's much more than being bad breath or something that you just think looks bad. Um, we know that the mouth is a, a source of bacteria, and if we have a lot of dental issues present, then that bacteria spreads throughout the blood system, goes to the heart, can go to the kidneys, go to the other internal organs, and cause some other metabolic problems. So you want to keep these problems from developing in the first place. Okay, let's get down to business. How can we prevent these problems? Well, the first thing is you want to make sure you do see your veterinarian 
veterinarian regularly. Make sure they do detect any problems. If there's some dental issues that need to be dealt with, they may need to do a dental procedure. Mm. So that is certainly one thing you don't want to shortchange your pet. Yeah, that sounds uh, pretty heavy duty when they want to do a procedure. <laughs> well, it may be as simple as having a scaling, a polishing, just like when you or I go to the dentist. Okay. Um, there may be other more advanced things, and that's why it's so important to have that detected and to ideally make the right decisions for your own pet. Okay, now I know whenever I take my pet to the vet, the first thing they do is lift up their chops and look at their teeth. That tells a lot about a pet to you, doesn't it? Absolutely, and that's we call that flipping the lip. So flipping you need the lip. to look underneath there, and a lot of times we'll see the teeth in front, but until you really examine those back teeth, you may not get a full appreciation of what's going on, and if we see a, a disorders along the gums, a little bit of tartar building up, those are the precursors, and that's when we really want to intervene. Okay, there's fantastic things out on the market now. I know there's a lot of foods that brag that they clean teeth, and that is up for debate still. Uh, but there's vaccinations, I understand now, brand new to the market that your vet can give your animal to help with the cleaning of the teeth. What is this about? Well, the vaccine is called the Porphymonis vaccine, and it's only for dogs. And basically, it is a bacterial vaccine, and it's um, kind of a mix of bacteria that what you might find in a dog's mouth. And mm. these bacteria actually increase the rate of periodontal disease. And so what this vaccine does is it intervenes in the pet's immune system so they don't have an exaggerated reaction to that bacteria it may still be there you may still have bad teeth but we may hopefully prevent the tooth loss um, for some of these pets especially the small breed dogs where we see a lot of early tooth loss at even two to three years of age so it, it's definitely something that you may find out more at your veterinary office and um, more available why is it that smaller dogs have more problems with their teeth than larger dogs you see these larger dogs with these white teeth and you see some of these tiny dogs that just their teeth look horrible why is that well some of it's believed to be the the saliva film that they have and then in larger dogs it's better distributed across the mouth a lot of it is there's small dogs tend to eat a lot of canned foods and people may give them more soft foods so we think that may even be a factor um, but we do know that uh, small dogs at an early age may start losing teeth as early as two three years of age so um, this a vaccine is very um, critical for especially these patients can the food your pet is eating really affect their dental health Oh, yeah, and there's a lot of good science that goes into some of these dental diets that it can decrease the rate of tartar buildup, but by itself, any one of these tools isn't going to do the job alone, mm. and it's really important to try a little bit of um, multi multiple approaches to get to the to the heart of the problem. What else can we do to prevent this? Um, there's also dental sealants. Um, there's one called Oravet, which uh, veterinarians may apply to your pet's teeth after they're scaled and polished, and it's something you can maintain at home as well. What do you mean you'd put it on your pet's teeth? Yes. <laughs> Not quite as often as brushing the teeth, but on a weekly basis, you apply it to the outside of the teeth, uh, either using your finger or an applicator, and it helps to create an invisible barrier so bacteria don't, up, don't attract to the teeth and stick there. Does it come in different flavors? Will my dog like it? It's actually tasteless, um, so there is no flavor to it. It's mostly the process of getting it on the teeth and just training your pet to allow you to put that on. It can be used for dogs and cats alike. And, of course, as we've learned at Animal Radio, the earlier you start with these animals uh, taking care of their teeth, uh, the easier it will be throughout their life to maintain good dental health. Now, the cats are a whole different story. Uh, what do you do, Doc? I, 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 you're putting your fingers in cats' mouths all day. I get a little frightened at that whole thing. How do you take care of your cat's teeth? 
a lot of the same principles apply for cats. So brushing the teeth can be done. Um, it's something as a kitten you want to train them to get used to having a finger rubbing in their mouth and get them acclimated to that before you even try to pull out toothpaste or a toothbrush. And some cats are never going to be hip with it, so it might not even be an option for you. Um, but that's where you can turn to other uh, solutions, such as the dental diets, um, being very vigilant, monitoring your pet's teeth, and then following up with any uh, recommendations uh, for dental cleanings. And, of course, your, your very own vet will tell you exactly what needs to be done with your cats or dogs or iguanas' teeth. Do you ever see any kind of weird animals that uh, you have to deal with their teeth in, in the vet? I know you obviously see the cats and the dogs, but being a big city, you probably see some pretty weird animals. Oh, well, most of the dental issues outside of dogs and cats run into rabbits, mm-hmm. uh, prairie dogs, um, critters like that, where they tend to have their share of uh, dental overgrowth and all sorts of problems. You name it. Dr. Debbie White joining us. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Take care of your pet's dental health. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. If there was only one vitamin supplement you could take, what do you think it should be? Green tea. Green tea is widely known as one of the most powerful antioxidants in the world. Green tea has been used in China as a medicine for over 4,000 years. And taking green tea has been researched and is well documented to help lower cholesterol, reduce the risk of cancer, help with weight loss, and even slow down arthritis. Of course, results may vary and you should always consult your healthcare professional before taking any supplement. But you should add this powerful antioxidant green tea to your daily diet. And if you Call now to order and buy two months. We'll give you the third month for free. Your order comes with a money-back guarantee. So call now. 800-819-8315. 800-819-8315. Call right now. Buy two months of green tea and get one free. 800-819-8315 or visit airtimestore.com. It ain't easy being a dog. All my buddies were making fun of me for what I decided to do. It's say, hey, Rufus, say goodbye to your manhood and change your name to Rita. Well, guess who's laughing now? Ever since I got neutered, it's a whole new world. I'm not snappy or overexcitable. I'm just good old Rufus. So humans, this February, do your pets a favor. Have them spayed or neutered. To find a location near you, visit humanesociety.org slash spayday. Brought to you by the Humane Society of the United States. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and we all love our pets. And for me, I get my my dog some, instead of chocolate, I get them some of that cocoa, what is, or carob? Carob, yes. Carob treats to show my love. Some people show their loves in other ways. And, and I brought an old friend on. Not an old friend. She's a young friend, but she, she's been on Animal Radio before, Carol Turner. Hi, how are you doing, Carol? We are reaching across the pond for you. Is that correct? That's right. You're calling me in Stafford in the middle of England. What is uh, what is it like today? What what time is it there right now? It's about quarter to seven in the evening. Okay, so we didn't uh, wake you up or anything like that. <laughs> oh, not at all, not at all. What's the weather like there today? It's pretty grim, actually. We're, we're a country that's being flooded. I don't know if you've seen the news, but we've had an awful lot of rain and grey, miserable weather. So we've all got trench foot, I think, or webbed feet. <laughs> and pretty bad. <laughs> oh. I just saw a newspaper clipping, and I wanted to get you back on the air to talk about this. It says that you married your cat, Tush Tots. Yes, we did. We've had a thoroughly marvellous day. 
What did, what did your husband What did your husband think of this? He thinks it's fabulous fun too. <laughs> he doesn't get to, he doesn't get to, in fact he was glad to give me away. <laughs> this, this was really to show your appreciation to a very wonderful cat. Yes, it was. I was getting a little bit jealous because um, since the book was published, um, Willie and then Whiskers, we're talking Willie Whiskers, yes, Tall Tales and Lost Lives. Uh-huh. People have read his story whereby he was rescued and shaved, and they find him on the internet. They search him on the internet and they see pictures of him shaved and in a little romper suit. And they uh-huh. feel sorry for him and they started to write to him. And this little trickle of mail has become a flood. And at Christmas he had an awful lot of presents. And I started to feel a bit jealous, and I thought, if I'm going to stop him being unfaithful, I'm going to have to marry him. <laughs> so, just as a joke, we had a had a bit of a wedding day and a cat mitment ceremony. A cat, cat mitment? A cat mitment ceremony. And what, what was all included? <laughs> well, I put my poshest frock on, and we give Tush Tots a good groom, and I got an old tiara that I used to wear, and it was just um, an excuse, really, to crack open a few bottles of champagne and some cake for the humans, and a bottle of milk and some tuna for the cats. All the cats enjoyed it. Now, of course, all the cats were invited. uh, Absolutely. Who was your maid of honor? Well, we just rescued a little Himalayan lynx in July called Little Dumpty Roo, who's a very pale cat with a, a flash down her face and a black moustache. So she was best bride's mog, uh-huh. and she had a huge, great cat mint bouquet, which she, which she later ate. <laughs> Not very civilized, my cat. <laughs> Willie Whiskers was best mog, and he was very vocal. He gave a good speech afterwards. <laughs> and uh, how many cats live there at Tomcat Towers there in Stanford? We, we currently have three. We have Willie Whiskers. Push tots and little dumpty roo. They're all uh, what? What what kind of cats are they? Well, Willie Whiskers is an American Maine Coon. His okay. grandfather actually came from from your shores. We're quite uh, quite in awe of him. He's our big boy. Twish Tots is a tabby Persian who had a very sad life. He was shaved and uh, rescued him in. And um, as I say, we've just taken on Little Dumpty Roo, who's a Himalayan lynx, which is quite an unusual cat here in Britain. So she's a bit of a rarity, but she's a bit of a posh paws and a princess. As we uh, try to think of ideas for celebrating our pet for Valentine's Day or any day, would you recommend marrying your cat? Absolutely. Just a huge bit of fun. You don't take it seriously. Um, it's a cat mitment ceremony, and you make lots of promises to one another. Um, I gave Twish Tots a sparkly new collar, so just to show him how much I loved him. And I promised that I would love him unreservably, to tickle his tummy, make sure it was filled with the very finest foods. And when he rolled over and sticks his legs in the air, I'd kiss him and give him cuddles. <laughs> I'm afraid when this gets out, all the cats are going to want to get married now. Yeah. I think so. I think the engagement columns in all the newspapers over there are going to be packed out with forthcoming cat commitment ceremonies. <laughs> so how did Tush Tots feel about all of this? Well, he's actually in the next room. Do you want me to sort of have a word? He's a very vocal cat. He'd love to talk yeah, to I'd you. Yeah, I'd love to hear what's on Tush Tots for mind. I'll just go and see where my bridegroom is. Bear with me a second. <laughs> We're talking to Carol Turner, No Stranger to Animal Radio. At- I'm just just getting for he is a very vocal cat. He's <laughs> desperate to tell all your listeners about it and what fun it is and how they should try it too. Okay. I'll just bear with me a sec. Whoops. <laughs> and of course, the only one who got presents was the bridegroom. It was all catnip presents and me the bride, I got nothing. But here he is, hold on. <laughs> He's having a good chat, I don't know whether you can hear him. Oh, oh definitely. Yes, yes. Definitely. He, he, sounded, he pretty much said that it was a, a wonderful time. It he was, did. 
it is also said as well that he's not actually keeping his side of the bargain because he promised not to str- not to snore, not to fidget in bed, and not to burp out tuna tuna belches all over me. And being that he's not keeping his vows, we need to have another commitment ceremony. Renew well, no, our vows. No, in, in, in all, in all fair- yeah, really? <laughs> now, in all fairness, you just said that uh, uh, Tushtosh just said that uh, there was no honeymoon, and that really. Uh, what kind of marriage or commitment ceremony has no honeymoon? Well, strangely enough, the next day I went into our supermarket and one of the cashiers shouted out right across the store, Oi, Mrs. Tushtosh, you should be on honeymoon now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I've come home and I've thought about it and we really don't know where we'd like to go. <laughs> well, you think about that. Let us know where you end up. And, of course, if we want to get the book... It's available on Amazon.com. It's called Willy Whiskers, Tall Tales, Lost Lives... I'm afraid you're being very vocal here. Oh, that's great. It's all good there. And uh, we'll put links to everything that uh, Carol, all the links that she just said, we'll put links at animalradio.com. Thank you so much for joining us, Carol. Oh, I've enjoyed it. As I say, I hope your readers really think hard and and go ahead and do this because they'll have so much fun and it'll bring a smile to their cat's whiskers if they do it. By all means, and please give Tush Tots a big old hug from all of us and the whole family. I will indeed. I will indeed. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, this is Shelley Morrison from Willing Grace, and I'm on Animal Radio. Please, spay and neuter your pets. Please. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Not a day goes by that we don't get a call here at one 405 8405 Somebody's describing their dog's irrational behavior, and it all leads to separation anxiety, a big deal. A lot of people have dogs that have this problem. Mm-hmm. I had to get the expert on. That is Dr. Marty Becker. Hi, Doc. How you doing? Hello, friends. Hey, let me tell you what I think about this as a veterinarian. Okay. If somebody come in and brought a dog in with a broken leg, uh-huh. of course people would expect you to have to fix it. If the dog had an infection or an open wound, you'd want to fix it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times people think, oh, gosh, it's just fretful or, you know, tear stuff up every once in a while and they go to leave, and they don't realize that that's a medical condition known as separation anxiety. Mm-hmm. And it affects about 17% of all dogs. That's about 10 million dogs per year. And what happens is pet owners leave home in the morning only to return and find the pet that's chewed shoes, torn pillows, soiled the carpeting, or worse. And in hidden camera studies of these dogs, they are miserable. They salivate. They pace. They bark. And, you know, they assume the dog's just being a dog or the owner feels guilty for leaving the pet home alone. Now, I know one of the things you can do for separation anxiety is not make a big deal when you leave the house. I recently heard you talking on Good Morning America about sort of a form of Prozac. Right, and you know what? You're you're talking about behavioral modification, and and this is an adjunct of this. I want to come back to that in a minute, but there's a drug out called Reconcile by Lilly, and it is kind of an edible form of Prozac, uh, for lack of a better term. It's a a once-daily chewable-flavored tablet. And it reduces inappropriate behaviors, it minimizes pets' distress, and increases receptivity to, you know, at-home behavioral modification. Is this for dogs and cats? Or just, just dogs. Do- just dogs. And I point. actually have, I have my, my daughter, who, you know, saves the world one animal at a time, went to a PetSmart Adopt-a-thon recently and got us a little dog named Cora. And Cora spent her first year of her life in the house as a beloved house dog, and then she outgrew the puppy cuteness and was put in a cage in the yard for two years. 
And we got her, and, and gosh, she first she did that during the quality of taking the shoes and hauling them to one part of the house. And and then I went to put my boots on and realized that there was no back on the boot anymore. She chewed it up. And, and then the one pair of house slippers that had, had uh, faux lamb's wool in it ended up in a pile. It looked like a, you know, a nest for an eagle you know, in part of the house. And so we started calling her Imelda Barcos. Do you like that one? I love it. So no longer Cora, but Imelda Barcos. She would just get so miserable. She'd have inappropriate elimination when we'd leave. So we finally, we worked with a veterinary behaviorist and finally uh, started her on reconcile with this, with this behavioral modification. And I'd say she's 90% better now. Wow. She's, she's calm. And, you know, you mentioned earlier about, the, you know, about no more drama when coming and going. What they actually had us do, that's the, the behavioral modification is called bond. Bond is be positive. O was only accentuate positive behavior. Like uh, a little bit ago, I came back from town, and Cora greeted me, and she was jumping about three and a half feet high. But I don't, I don't acknowledge her. I pretend like she's invisible. I only, once she calms down, then I interact with her. Uh, no more drama when coming and going. You know, we don't leave and go, okay, Daddy, sorry he's leaving. You know, we'll be back really soon. You t- use a good girl. We'll be back. No, what you do is you take your keys, you walk out the door, then you all of a sudden you come back and put your keys back away. You're not leaving. Uh, you put your shoes on, your coat on, you leave for five minutes, go out in the car or the garage, you come back in, put them back in. So, you know, you you never, ever, you start to dissociate the triggers, desensitize the triggers of the keys, the coat, the shoes, but you you don't say anything when you leave the house. You just walk out the, walk out the door. So separation anxiety in dogs is usually caused by something the guardian is doing? Yeah, and I'll tell you the other thing we do, the D is develop uh, independence. We all, these these Velcro dogs are kind of endearing, you know, the ones that follow you from room (laughs) to room or just don't want to be with you, and we think, oh gosh, they just love us, you know, but in reality, you want it to where, you know, you can, they can be five feet away from you, and pretty soon they can be in another room or another part of the house, so you start to do things to reward independence and, and diminish that Velcro side, and uh, you know, again, you know, sometimes you can do it with just behavioral modification, but they showed with reconcile and behavioral modification there was an 80% improvement in just four weeks. Wow. Can a cat have separation anxiety? I have one of these Velcro cats. <laughs> <laughs> he does. You know, one of the problems with, with cats that I hate, there are all these conditions with cats, but, you know, a lot of us just think of them like fur-covered statues, and I'm not talking about you, Hal, but, yes. uh, you know, some of us just think they're sitting around and they take uh-huh. care of them and in you know sometimes we kind of pay short shrift for them but there absolutely are cats that that uh, you know are needy and depend on you but when you do the hidden camera studies they don't have the same kind of uh, you know, the, the behaviors where they really suffer is when there's nasty neighborhood tomcat that moves in the neighborhood or a, somebody moves next door that has an indoor outdoor cat and your cat sees it patrolling across the backyard and looks out and gets freaked out and you know does inappropriate elimination or gets stressed out those mm. are more of the issues that affect cats. Mm. Well, we have a, a cat here that's normally behaves very well because we take it to work. We're with it 24-7. But there was one time when this cat, when Hal had to leave for the day, and the cat destroyed the house. Yeah. Went through and tore up wall hangings, got in the bathroom, Q-tips all over the house, just shredded everything. 
He was so upset that Hal was gone for a day. You know, often what you see, a guy called me uh, three days ago, and he wanted to know how to get cat urine out of a suitcase. <laughs> and that's often what you see, too, is cats that when somebody is leaving, they'll urinate on clothing, they'll urinate in the bed, they'll urinate in the suitcase. And, and so they very much, uh, you know, don't want to see you go a lot of times. Dr. Marty Becker joining us, the website PetConnection.com. Doc, thanks so much. Thank you, friends. Well, that's all we have time for this week. My Velcro kitty wants me to go play with him, and if I don't, I'll have the wrath of the cat. Better do what he says, huh? Okay. Hey, there's lots more Animal Radio streaming online 24-7 at AnimalRadio.com. Also on your cell phones, all you got to do is text ANIMAL to 27627. Then you can hear it at work. Anytime you need your animal radio fix, we're here for you, okay? And remember, if you get a pet, please spay or neuter. If it happens to be a cat, don't declaw. And don't purchase a pet. Always adopt from your local shelter. I'm Judy Francis. I'm Hal Abrams. We'll see you next week for more animal radio right here on this fine station. Have a great week. Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.